But there's a difference between something that happened and something that's happening. And so most of us, the past is still a lie. I often call this the menage a trois from hell. It's you, <laughs> it's me, and the past. And the three of us are going to try to relate, okay? What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Roy Biancolana is a certified relationship coach and nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships. He's the author of three number one best-selling books, the latest of which is Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy. For the past 15 years, Roy has been supporting single people in the art of attracting healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. His experience has taught him that getting in relationship shape is the key to attracting lasting love. Roy Biancolana, welcome to being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Roy, Bianca, Lana, welcome to Being. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it is wonderful to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I was doing some research about you as a certified relationship coach and uh, how you really feel into conscious relationships, which is such a powerful thing that's so needed in our society right now. So I'm really excited to drop in with you about it. I uh, went to your website. I did the relationship fitness level test, which was super interesting. Uh, frankly, I, did, <laughs> I didn't do so well. So <laughs> uh, I'm also excited to, uh, to learn how to improve in those areas. And maybe that's a great place to start. Um, your work revolves around relationships and you have this model about fitness. What is relationship fitness level and how do we attain it? Yeah, I have just discovered through my own pain and agony, and then of course, <laughs> working with a lot of clients over the years. I mean, I often joke with my clients that if you just don't do what I did, you're going to have a pretty good time in relationships. <laughs> I've made about every mistake possible. And, and that's the yeah. best, uh, the, the best experience is, is making those mistakes, right? So yeah, that yeah. wisdom you yeah. can bring to other people. Right. Yeah. So the way I frame this, like I, I I'm a relationship coach, but I sort of call myself a relationship trainer, right? Like you would, you know, have a trainer in the gym, right? Um, because here's what I've noticed. Here's like, Here's what I did. Here's what I see people doing, right? Okay. So I use an analogy. Just imagine that you want to run in a triathlon or compete in a triathlon. And, and then if that's not too unbelievable, imagine I'm a triathlon coach, okay? Nope, not, haven't been, but just play along with me here, okay? Okay. So you want to be successful in this triathlon. I'm a coach because I've done it. I've competed. I've won the Ironman, all that stuff, okay? Right. And you want me to coach and help you, right? So I'm great. So we sit down, we start talking, and you start asking me questions like, um, 
how do you survive in the water in the beginning when it's a frenzy? And mm. how do you transition from the water to the bike and the mm. bike to the, the running part? And when do you eat? How much do you drink? Because you know, it's an all-day thing. Mm. Where do you speed up? Where do you slow down? And it dawns on me that you're asking really good questions, but they're about the actual day of the race. Right. And since I'm an expert in this, I'm like, dude, you're asking the wrong questions. What do you mean? <laughs> you should be asking me, how do I get in shape for this? Yes. I'm going to swim two and a half miles and then immediately ride 112 on a bike and then follow that up with a full marathon. You can have the greatest race day strategy in the world, but if you're not in shape, you're not going to go 50 yards in the water. Mm, right? Absolutely. So it's about what you do before the starting line is yeah. what really matters. I mean, the other stuff's important, but not if that isn't dealt with. Absolutely. That's a perfect analogy that I've experienced in my own love life and with my clients is that they have a tendency to ask race day questions. Mm. Like, where do I go to meet someone? Right. What do I say? How do I approach? Or how do I get them to approach me? How do you flirt? You know, how do you get a phone number? How do you go to the first date? And those are important questions. But if you are not in good relationship shape when you're standing in front of that person or mm. meeting them online or, or however it happens, because yeah. the universe is wild with how people meet. <laughs> yes, it is. If you aren't in shape when you get there, you're not going to go the distance any more than a, a person would go the distance on a triathlon. Yes. So I try to hammer home this idea that forget about them. Like in my book, I my book that one right there. <laughs> Relationship boot camp. In my, right. I, I often say the biggest mistake we make is we focus on them. Right. Where do I find them? How do I right. approach them? What do I say to them? And it's more about me. Am I ready for something real? 100%. Am I in relationship shape? So, you know, in the book, I talk about seven relationship muscles. I'm sure we'll maybe touch on them, you know, but yeah. just to have fun, I describe them as seven relationship muscles. Those muscles need to be strong if you're going to create something healthy and conscious and sustainable. Yes. If they're weak, you're in trouble. You're probably going to create the same patterns that you have in the past. So my work is all about getting people in relationship shape. I, I love feel it. like once you do the part you're responsible for, then you just let go and you let being, you let the universe, whatever you want to call it, you just let life unfold. Yes. Love is the nature of reality. As long as you're not doing something to block it, you know, then it's going to, I don't know when or how, but it's going to happen quite naturally. But we have to focus on the part that we can control, which is, do I have to let go of some baggage here? Do mm. I have to learn how to, how to have healthy communication? Do I have to deal with that voice in the head that is mm. neurotic and nuts and negative and needy? Yes. <laughs> right? So what do I have to work on inside of me so that when I do meet a person, I'm like I'm ready to rock and roll and make it work? I love it. I love it. I love that uh, analogy with the race day and asking good questions, but the wrong ones. You have to build that foundation first. I think that's such a powerful idea. So yes. if somebody was hearing this and they were like, oh my God, I don't, am I in relationship shape? I have no idea. Where do you even start? You mentioned the seven relationship muscles. Maybe it's, uh, it'd be great to go through them if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, there's, there's seven of them. Um, well, let me start with the ones that I think are the juiciest okay, <laughs> and they're kind of a, 
the, they're the ones that make you go gulp. Like, right. like they're the hardest, but they're the ones I think that are the most relevant. Mm. And that one is your relationship to your past. Mm. Okay. So I often joke that the only people that don't have baggage are the little babies in the, uh, the maternity ward. Right? I, mean, like, I, I totally agree with right? you. <laughs> you can't go through life and not get some bumps and bruises and scars and wounds. And totally. sometimes they're deeper than others. Some people yes. have some real serious baggage, yeah. but all of us, we've been dumped. We've been ignored. We've been ghosted, betrayed, cheated on, lied to, mm-hmm. you know, all the, and, and Bill, speaking for myself, I've done that to people. Of <laughs> so course. Yeah. I have been a baggage creator. Totally. To be honest with you, I, when I sort of woke up to some of this stuff and got on this conscious path, I had to go back to quite a few of my old girlfriends and say, you know, like my bad, like, yeah, man, I put some stuff on. Good for you, you for like, taking I, responsibility. That's awesome. Oh man. I, you know, I, cause I complain a lot of times about, well, especially men, because I'm a guy yeah. that we don't know sometimes the damage we leave in the, in the, in the, in the, the, the behind us. Yeah. The way we relate with women, it hurts them. It makes them less available to the next guy. Totally. Because we create baggage. So we're all involved in this. Yeah. But if we don't address our past and learn the lessons from it, learn Mm. to let it go, Mm. we bring it with us. Yeah. We we bring it with us into the relationship. And now we sort of subtly or unconsciously are holding this new person in front of us responsible for it. Like they're going to pay for that guy's sins. Mm. Right. So what happens with baggage is it creates a wall of protection around our hearts. Yeah. Right. It just makes us be a little guarded, a little suspicious. Maybe we hold somebody off at arm's length more than we naturally would. Maybe we don't allow a relationship to move at a normal pace. We keep Mm. it like extra slow because Right. Well, so we have trust issues. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been hurt by that one, that one, and that one. What are you going to do to me? Right. Yes. It, it's almost impossible not to do that unless you do some of the work to say that I want to try my best to do what I can to meet the next moment with a clean emotional slate. Mm. Okay, so let me give you an illustration of this. Okay. I've been a professional golfer of, for in like a past life, but I've always been a professional golfer. I still play a little tournament here and there. Awesome. Um, so I'm very familiar with sports psychology. Right. I've worked with sports psychologists. I've even worked with a couple of golfers and kind of helping them with the mental game. All sports psychology is just one idea. Can you let go of what just happened and be here now with this one shot or mm-hmm. pitch or at bat or play? Mm. And you approach this next shot with a clean emotional slate as mm. if nothing's ever happened. <laughs> now that's hard to do. It's hard to do. <laughs> but if you can't, as a golfer, if I hit three balls in a row to the right, I get up on the next hole. I, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to hit it to the left because I'm overcompensating. Totally. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm living in the past. Yes. It's alive in me. Yes. So that's one of the big tricks is that you will never forget your past. Why should yeah. you? But you never can. Yeah. But there's a difference between something that happened and something that's happening. Yes. And so most of us, the past is still alive. Yes. It's like it's still there and it's mm. in me. And now I often call this the menage a trois from hell. It's you, 
it's me and the past. <laughs> and the three of us are going to try to relate. Okay. So, so, uh, I'm glad you appreciate my humor. It's oh, a, I love it. Yeah. No, awesome time, but, yeah. Right. So that's one of the biggest muscles you got to get strong. You have yeah. to learn about forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is one of the things that's so misunderstood in spiritual mm -hmm. circles. Usually it's all about who's to blame and who's yep. the victim and the yep. villain. No, no. There's a co-responsibility in relationships. We are co-creating our dynamics. Yep. So forgiveness is more about sort of waking up to what can I learn about this? Mm. You know, what was I not noticing? What is my part in what I've attracted and what I'm experiencing? So really letting go of the past is. To learning the lessons from it yeah. by not blaming, yeah. but by opening up to what you weren't seeing mm. about yourself, about the dynamic, right? Mm. So the more you learn from the past, the less you are destined to repeat it. Mm. But this is the why all the stats say like a second marriage or something is has a greater divorce rate than a first marriage. Right. Interesting. That's because people don't learn the lessons. They just think, well, I'm getting divorced because it's all that person's fault. Yeah. So I just need to find the right partner. Yeah. And you never discover any of your dynamics. You bring them to the next relationship and you just do the same thing again. Yes. Right? So learning the lessons, learning what it means to have true forgiveness, learning what it means to let go of bitterness. Mm. anger and then hot to the point where you can have an open available heart mm. you don't yes. have walls built around because the other thing i joke with my clients is i've never seen anybody go on a date with a sledgehammer <laughs> like ready to break down your walls <laughs> right a good person a good person meets someone and they can feel a resistance they can feel like i'm not trusted like I, yeah you know, they, they, they can't put their finger on it, but when we have walls, people can feel it. Yes. They, they can sense it. And so really a, a good grounded conscious man or woman doesn't kind of want to have to earn it. Doesn't, yes. doesn't want to pay for those sins. Doesn't want to have to get the sledgehammer and, and break things down so I can get to you. Mm. They'll just want to be like, I'll go to that person over there whose arms are wide open. Yes. Right. Yes. Cause this, if you can see me, Arms wide open is the way you want to approach life itself. Like I'm open, yeah. like come play, yeah. come dance, pleasure, pain. I mean, I'm, I'm open. I just want to live life and experience all of it. But when we've been hurt, we go through life with our arms crossed totally. you know, or give it one of these or <laughs> right. And people can feel it and yeah. they don't want to try to bust through all that. And so the only people that do want to bust through that are the people you don't want to be with. Yeah, because they're rescuers. They have their own neurotic stuff that, are, oh, I, I love a challenge. I totally. want to fix them. I want to. Totally. Right? Yes. So that's, dude, that's the huge one. The past. Unbelievably and it's ugly, powerful. And it's not fun. And it's like, ugh. I love to blame my exes. I mean, by the way, I went through, I was married for 19 years. Okay. I went through a divorce. It was a platonic relationship. It was like no sex. We co-parented. Right. We didn't fight. We didn't fuck. We, I mean, yeah. we, we didn't, you know, there was no man, woman stuff. So right. <laughs> I rebounded into another relationship, which was the opposite. Of course, it was like all sex. It was awesome for a while. <laughs> um, we got engaged. She dumped me six weeks or six months before the wedding. Oh, that man. destroyed me. I bet. Right. I went on a one year midlife crisis. And the only way I could handle all the pain is I joined a bunch of dating sites. Right. I just 
I'm going to find a new woman to help me forget the last one. All the wrong things. About creating baggage. I wasn't available. (laughs) So I went through all of that pain. um, And I really thought it was all the women's fault. I honestly, back in the day, no, my ex-wife and oh, my ex-fiance and all you crazy women online. Yeah. It never occurred to me that I was the common denominator right? in all the pictures. It really never did. I had to get to the point where I hired a coach where she finally forced me, like, are you going to just blame all the women? Is there a chance that you had a part in any of this? Right. No. You know, and I'm like, well, maybe. Uh. And then we started digging around uh-huh. and I found, oh, it all came from me. Right. I passed with, I had mommy issues and things like that, you know, so that's the big shift. That's a, it's so fun to blame. It's so fun to blame. Yeah. And it's so easy to blame. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's because we can't see our own blind spots. We can't see our own shadows. So if somebody's listening to this and right. like, man, uh, you know, am I taking responsibility? Am I looking at my past? Like, I don't even know where to begin. What would you recommend? What's some first steps that they could take? Well, just asking that question. Right. I think the angels start to hold their breath. <laughs> it's like, finally, this person is asking the right question. Yeah. What am I missing? Yeah. What are my blind spots? How are my responsible? How is my childhood? Yeah. How is my childhood conditioning playing a part here? Mm. How is my personality type? Uh, how are my yeah. past experiences? How are my, like all my relationship personas mm. uh, kind of showing up, right? Mm. So that's the first step, the willingness to look in the mirror, to look inside. Mm. And once you do that, well, The next step is most people need someone alongside of them to walk with them in that journey. Because just like you said, the eyeball can't see itself. You've been doing it your whole life. So it's hard to see it. But if you have someone who's been through it or a wise coach or a therapist, even that kind of knows the terrain um, and can help you ask the right questions, look in the right places, Mm. right? That's what I tell people. Like, now I'm married. I'm in a great 13 year marriage. We're doing great. Mm. And it's not because I got lucky and I met the right person. It's yeah. not because I, it was just fate and the gods smiled on me. No, I asked, I did a certain process. I, yeah. I asked certain questions. I looked in certain places. I was willing to swallow my ego a little anyway. Um, to where I woke up to some things and I saw what I was doing to create the patterns. And the minute you see what you're doing, it's like you're making a stew mm. and you don't know that you're putting arsenic in it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. And I'm just putting salt in there. I don't know. I didn't know it was arsenic. You're just putting yeah. it in there. And then one day you wake up and you look at the, hey, this is, ar- this is poison. Yeah. I, I better stop doing this. <laughs> Okay. So you stop putting that junk in your stew and then the stew tastes better. Yes, it does. Right. So, but the hardest part is just taking the responsibility and, and looking. And then I think it does sometimes require someone to walk with you, Mm. um, to ask the right questions, Mm. uh, to take you in the right places. Mm. Um, but I do believe the universe supports us when we, when we, when we really want to wake up, yeah, I, I think that's what life is really about. Yeah, we've come. Earth, uh, Michael Singer, my favorite spiritual teacher. Oh, he's awesome. Love. Yeah, it. he says that Earth is where souls come to evolve. Yeah, that's pretty so much. Once it. we get with that program, it's like everything supports you. You'll yes. find the right coach. 
you'll find it's like that Zen saying, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right? 100%. Yeah. But you got to start, you got to put yourself on the path by saying, all right, I'm yeah. not blaming my ex anymore. I'm not blaming the internet. I'm not blaming men. I'm not blaming my parents. Yeah. I'm not blaming my past. It's it. I want to wake up. And it's not even yeah. about blaming yourself. It's, it's really about waking up to what you don't see. I mean, how can you blame yourself for something you don't see? Yeah. Which is why my favorite saying of Jesus was when he's on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for mm -hmm. they know not what they do. Yeah. Is that not it? That's it. Like, <laughs> uh, forgive me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I yeah. didn't know. Right. <laughs> and maybe I should share a little bit of a pattern that I created because I think this is important in terms of personas. Can I take a minute on this? Sure, absolutely. Okay. So, what I learned when I worked with a coach is that the dynamic I was experiencing is I kept attracting women who were very successful professionally. They were making mm. a lot of money. They had, they're working 60 to 80 hour weeks. I mean, they, mm. they were really intense, but they were single moms, usually with a couple of kids and a house and, mm. and they were overwhelmed. Mm. They were stressed out. They, they could just, they couldn't do it all. Right. Mm. They, they were just drowning in their responsibilities everywhere. Well, here comes me and I'm like, I will rescue you. Yes. I, I yes. will. The rescuer archetype. Right. Now, again, <laughs> I came out of a marriage of 19 years and I wasn't having any sex and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah. I had my own needs. Yeah. I met these women who I started, I kind of labeled them damsels in distress. Yes. I mean, they were making good money, but they were, they needed rescuing. Yeah. So I came along and I'm like, baby, I'll clean your house. I'll raise your kids. I'll do the laundry. I'll do the shopping. I'll, I'll cut the grass. I'll take care of all that as long as you can take care of me. Of course. Okay. <laughs> so there was this kind of codependent relationship, even yeah. though we didn't describe it that way. Yeah. But I kept complaining to my coach, why do I keep attracting women who are like damsels in distress? Yeah. And I have to fix everything and I feel taken advantage of and eh, all that whiny crap. <laughs> well, I discovered that, that my relationship with my mother, my mother was a perfectionist. I mean, she, okay. she met the family's physical needs, but she was difficult to feel any emotional connection to. Mm. She was kind of demanding, kind of harsh, mm. kind of, if, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Right. And so my mother, as sort of my first girlfriend, you could say mm. my first feminine influence totally. of a yep. little boy's life. Yeah. Um, I learned that the way you get close is by making your life be about taking care of hers. Yes. Like be a good boy, Roy. Yes. Do, you know, even my dad told me, son, don't fight her. Just do it her way. Just make her happy. Yeah. Okay? So I learned the way you get close to a woman is sort of ignore what you want or who you are or your own yeah. individuality and just make your life be about taking care of hers. Yes. Now I'm 47 years old and I'm relating with these women and I'm taking, I, I'm making my life be about taking care of yours. And I have the audacity to blame them. Yes. <laughs> so I came to see because I learned to be Roy the rescuer, the only women in the world that I had chemistry with were women that needed rescuing. Mm. Because Roy the rescuer wouldn't fit with a women with a woman who had her shit together. Right. There'd be no there I couldn't play my game. I couldn't do my thing, right? Yeah, right. She wouldn't feel connection. But when I met a woman who was overwhelmed and oh rescue me, you're, yeah, oh, you're the perfect. There's a chapter in my first book where I title it the world's greatest boyfriend. That's what right. I was. But it was all fear driven. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm not against anybody 
you know, managing a household and raising kids and being a Mr. Mom, that's wonderful. Mm. Just that I was doing it. I was afraid. I was out of fear. Yeah. Like if I don't do this, she won't like me. Yes. I won't get laid. I won't get any attention or affection. So I was doing because I was scared. Yeah. So it was all unconscious and all messed up. So I, when I work with clients, I want to know what's your relationship persona. Mm. Who did you learn you have to be as a kid in order to feel wanted or loved or connected or safe? Who did you have to become? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you ask that question to people, all of a sudden light bulbs go on because they see that, yeah, they're just trying to survive their childhoods, yep. just trying to feel loved and accepted and safe. And so they become this little girl, this little boy, and they don't even know they're doing it. I didn't know I was doing it. I was five years old. What the yeah. hell do I know? Yeah. I'm just trying to get mommy to be nice to me, right? Yeah, totally. But you end up being this person as an adult. Yeah. And that uh, then it attracts certain playmates. So when you're in a persona, if you're a rescuer, you need a damsel. Yeah. If you're, uh, I call it like, a, if you're a mechanic, you attract broken down people. Right. Right. It's yep. like cookies and milk. Yeah. <laughs> so most people can point to a pattern. I attract emotionally unavailable people. I attract addicts. I attract people that, uh, are deceivers or, right. you know, what we all can point to a pattern. And it's easy to blame. Oh, they're all messed up. But there's something that you're doing. You're moving in the world with some kind of energy, some kind of persona that fits. So Mm. I kind of use an analogy of like when you're making a puzzle with like a thousand different pieces, right? Every piece of the puzzle fits with another piece. It Mm. it doesn't go with just any piece. You've got to find its match. I found my match with a bunch of damsels in distress because right. I was shaped right. like a rescuer Right, that fits with the damsel, right. right? So when you have a pattern, I keep attracting a certain shape. Well, that's because you're matching it somehow. And then if you work on changing your shape, shape shifting, I call it, yes. then you attract a whole different person. And Love that's what it. I did. That's, that's the work I did. I, got, I found who is authentically Roy, who... Forget this Roy, the rescuer, who's afraid yes. that he won't be loved if he doesn't make his whole life be about doting over someone who doesn't really need it and yes. <laughs> take care of themselves. When I found the authentic Roy, all of a sudden, damsels weren't attractive to me anymore, mm. but a whole different kind of woman was. Yes. Right? Beautiful. That's this is such, such powerful work. work. Yeah, such powerful yeah. Ro- work, Roy. And it, it maps actually directly to the work I do. It's, it's building uh, some, some uh, radical self-awareness is really what yes. we're talking about. Being, being courageous enough to look in the mirror and face your own shit. And quite often, we don't even know it's there, let right. alone know how to look, find it and heal it, right? Right. Uh, and I think it's important to mention that this does happen to everybody on some yeah. level. You know, you get programmed, you get conditioned as a child by your parents, by your society, by school, and it's our responsibility. And we put up, you know, uh, survival mechanisms or ways, coping mechanisms to deal with that when we're children, which are highly yeah. effective at keeping yeah. us safe or getting us love or whatever it is. But yeah. we never scrutinize those patterns and those beliefs when we move into adulthood in our own relationships. Yeah. And they continue to perpetuate whether we know it or not, right? So it's so important uh, to do this work of introspection, of self-actualization, of healing, so you can show up as a whole human being for yourself first, 
And then when you get into relationships or you know, in finance or with your children or whatever situations you're in will be informed by your relationship with yourself first, mm. right? And that's oh. su such powerful work. Man, are we on the same page? Yeah, totally, yeah. right? I mean, brothers <laughs> from another mother. Totally. Sure. So yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, before we look at what a conscious relationship would look like, if somebody's listening to this, they're already in a relationship, what are some indicators that there might be some unhealthy habits? You might be showing up unconsciously, you might be playing a role. Like what are some indicators that people can look out for? It's like, okay, this is what I'm doing in my relationship. I don't want to stop this relationship or end it. How can I be better? How can I show up better? Yeah. One of the major issues always is around communication. Yes. That's one of the you, muscles, what I call your relationship to your inner truth. Mm, I okay? love that. Yeah. Right. So there's only two options. Either you're going to be a person who is a revealer or a concealer. Okay. Right. And the essence of a healthy relationship is it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like uh, Adam and Eve in the garden you remember okay. the story where they <laughs> yeah. were in the garden and it says they were naked and unashamed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now that it's a, it's a spiritual text. Okay. It doesn't mean they didn't have clothes for God's yeah. sakes. Right. It, it means, means that there was no secrets. Open. Yeah, they, right. exactly. Yeah. There was nothing hidden. Yeah. There was, it was all laid bare. They yeah. were naked. They yeah. were wide open. They yeah. were known. There was no hiding, no secrets, no pretense, Yeah. no play in games. This is yeah. it, baby. Look at me. I'm naked. You see yeah. warts and all. What's he getting? And yeah. there was no shame. Right. There was, I love you like you are. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm not trying to change you. Yeah. I'm not trying to control you. I'm not, I'm not judging. I, I just love your nakedness. Yes. Right. That's the goal. Now it's terrifying to move in that direction because we really do feel, um, maybe some of the viewers might, they might argue with me on this, but maybe open up here. Okay. We almost feel like if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. Right. No, or, absolutely. Right? If you knew all the things that go on in my head, if you yes. know my temptations, if you know some of my attitudes. And, yes. Because we, we, we are pretty skilled at sort of, especially in the beginning of a relationship, we're pretty skilled at knowing here's the version of me that I think you're going to like. Yes. A hundred percent. I want to show this part to you, uh, but yeah. this other part, no, we're going to so leave much. that I'm one out. I'm going to keep that hidden. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I call it redacted dating. Right? You know what redacting is, right? <laughs> yeah. The government document, all the black lines. Okay. Yeah. You can read this and this, but you can't read that. You can't yeah. read that. You can't. No. So here I am on this date <laughs> and you can read this, but you can't see that part. You can't see that part. Right. And then of course, what happens is they fall in love with the image, but, but you know that. I don't think you're really in love with me because yeah. you don't really know me. Yes. You know the part that I've showed you. Right. So then you never get to feel really secure because I haven't been naked with you. Yes. Mm. Even if we've had sex, it doesn't mean yeah. I'm really naked with you. Of course. Yeah. And so I don't get to feel secure because what if you find that out about yes. me? Yes. What if you find out that I got an anger issue or I, I have some racist thoughts sometimes or right. I... I do something with my money, a little gambling thing or, right. you know, or, or, or anything just to, yeah. right. So the, the essence of a healthy relationship is when you, and here's the deeper work, when you are so grounded in your relationship with life itself, when you already know that 
I'm already married to life. Mm. I am connected. I can't mm. be divorced. I can't be abandoned. I can't be left. I am secure. My feet are on something that is beyond you, is beyond life itself. So mm. it's, it's like I walk through the valley of shadow of death, but I fear no evil. Mm. For thou art with me, right? There's that sense of I'm not afraid to be real with you. I'm mm. not afraid to be naked with you and let you see all of me because my life is secure in another way. Yeah. So when, you, when, you're, when you're grounded in being, right? Yes. When you know yourself as being and you, you are being, you can't be separate from it. Well, then you know, okay, so if you don't like me, ouch, but I'm okay. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, I don't need you, right? I mean, I want you, I want to enjoy life with you, but I don't need to play the game of what I'm showing you to try to control you to make sure you like me, right? Mm. So when I'm beyond the neediness of it all, then I can just, here I am, baby. Yes. You no, know, here's all of me. Some yes. parts I like, some parts I don't really like myself either, but I'm not going to hide them from you. I don't want to yeah. hide them from myself. I want to embrace the dark side of me, the bright side of me, every mm. part of me. And I want to show it to you. And if you love everything you see, we're in business. If you don't, that's okay. Mm. Yes. Okay. I, I respect you for your choice to go want to be with someone else, but I sure as hell am not going to try to hide and play that game. So mm. even in an ongoing relationship, it's so easy to hide something, to, mm. to something happened. We made a decision. We did something. We flirted with someone, something. And, and oh, man, I, I'm not telling my wife that I, I yeah. they, we'd have a big fight. We do this. And, Whenever you begin to withhold, you withdraw. Yes. Right? Because now there's that thing. Yeah. And there's a distance. And then before you know it, we're getting divorced because of irreconcilable differences. What does that mm. mean? There's just so much unspoken things mm -hmm. that there's distance has grown apart. Right? So one of my mentors, my own podcast, um, I interviewed a buddy of mine. And he's like, candor is the most powerful aphrodisiac in the world. Mm. Like he says, whenever I deal with people that aren't connecting their sexuality and their relationship is kind of falling apart and they're, they're not feeling very close together. I'm like, what are you hiding from each other? Yes. What are you not saying? Yes. And often that is a very difficult conversation that lots sure. of feelings can come up and anger and stuff. Resentment. But, but when you're real, you're raw. And when you're raw, mm. you're you know, there's something that energizes and happens. So when we withhold, we, we withdraw, then we have a tendency to project and get, it yep. gets a mess. So that to me, what, what are you not telling your partner? What yeah. part of you are you ashamed of? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, it, like, and it comes, it comes back to self-love, you know, when we don't love ourselves at the deepest level, we can't uh, expect somebody else to love all of us. Right. Right. Let me give you, an, give you an example, right? So in the past, I've worked with a client who was an exotic dancer. Okay. And she'd meet guys and she wouldn't tell them what she did. Right. And then later on, somehow they would find out and then it would, there'd be all kinds of problems. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're not telling them because you're ashamed of yourself. Yeah, totally. Because if you worked, you would just say, Lisa, what do you do? Well, 
I dance over at such and such a place. Mm. I'm not going to hide it from you because I'm naked and unashamed. I, it, right? So a lot of times we carry shame about ourselves, mm-hmm. something we don't like. And well, you, if I don't like it, you won't like it. You yeah. know? And then we play those games and then we never really connect and it just goes downhill. Yes. We are in extraordinary times and facing unprecedented challenges. Never in history have we been so connected yet so divided at the same time. Now more than ever, there's a fundamental need and desire for us to come together in community and collaboration, to experience real and authentic connection with our fellow human beings, to be part of a tribe of people who are doing the challenging work of making sense of the world and their place in it to have a safe place to be vulnerable and get the support we so desperately seek as we navigate the complexity of modern life. This is why I've created The Chrysalis, an exclusive online community for people who are doing the deep work of personal development, of awakening, of healing, of peeling back the layers of conditioning and unconscious programming and unleashing their full creative expression through the discovery of their life's purpose. This is for the people who have the courage to say yes to life and to becoming the best version of themselves for their own benefit and for the benefit of all. This private membership group will be hosted away from the prying eyes and ears of the big tech platforms and will feature live group coaching calls, exclusive content and trainings, plus guest speakers, workshops, and more. At its essence, the Chrysalis is about coming together in a thriving community with the shared intention of co-creating the future that we all want to live in. If this resonates with you, go to enterthechrysalis.com for more information and to reserve your spot. Chrysalis is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. So that's enterthechrysalis.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. Um, And I think it's important, again, to mention that everybody has some level of trauma or shame or guilt or things about themselves that they don't like. And often we want to push them away because they're so painful, uncomfortable. We don't want to look at it. We just want to look over here and pretend everything's rosy. But those those things end up influencing our choices and behaviors in unhealthy ways. Right? right, and for me, the that sort of disconnection from wholeness or my my deepest essence caused me so much pain. I numbed out with alcohol for a long time. Yeah, that was my yeah. sort of go to thing, right? Until I realized, okay, wait a minute, that all that darkness, all that stuff I'm ashamed of is still part of me, and I'm ignoring a part of me. So I can never be in wholeness unless I turn towards it. And most people don't, again, because it's painful, and they tend to look at their own stuff with judgment and shame and blame. But if you can look at yourself with the light of your awareness, with curiosity, with compassion, with love and say, what is it, you know, perhaps it's an inner child that's been hurt. It's like, what do you need to feel safe and whole again? And giving that child that opportunity to speak to you and and receive the love that it never got as a child allows it to integrate into your being. And then you come back to wholeness. And then if you, if you cultivate that wholeness within yourself, and you enter a relationship where the other pe- person is doing the same thing, you're both coming from a place of healed wholeness, then the fireworks, the magic can happen because n- neither of you are looking towards the other for validation or for security or anything that is lacking in yourself, right? Yeah. And so this yeah. was such a powerful realization. Yeah. When, when I quit drinking and I did that healing work, I'm like, oh my God, the yeah. more I can cultivate my own fulfillment, my own grounded, my own healness, 
the more I can show up in relationships more powerfully. And that just, it creates magic, yeah. like right. way, way more fulfillment than you could ever have in a, in an unconscious relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Beautiful. That, that reminds me of another one of the muscles, which is your relationship to reality. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. I like reality that. meaning I, I often like to have some fun with my clients and ask them. Yeah. So what's the real reason you want a relationship? Yes, exactly. Like, what's the real reason? Yeah. Right. And, and I'm emphasizing there's a reason you think you want one. And then there's yes. the real reason you oh. want one. The real reason usually is not as pretty. Right. Okay. So it's like, are, what's your relationship to reality? Right. And what I found in my life is we don't, if you're honest enough, you know that you live in there, right? Hello, you're mm -hmm. in there. How you doing in there? Yeah. Most people can sense some degree of not okayness. Yeah. I feel unlovable or unwanted or undesirable or, you know, I mean, there's a sense of restlessness or yeah. a sense of feeling abandoned or, mm. or whatever. There's, there's lonely. There, there's all kinds of words to describe, but just in general, yeah. if we're honest, how you doing? And you know, I'm not, I'm not okay. A lot of the time, I'm not yeah. suicidal necessarily. I'm not clinically depressed where I can't yeah. get out of bed. I mean, those things happen, but I'm talking, there's like a, a normal everyday I'm not okay. Yeah, there's a baseline of anxiety. Yeah, and the yeah. and the mind says that feeling is so intolerable it mm. can't be ignored. Right. Your whole life is going to revolve around trying to make yourself feel okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a deep. That's a deep thought right there. For sure. You're not okay. Your life purpose is about making yourself feel okay. Right. Now, one of the strategies the mind says, you know what? If you find the right Heart. Yes. It's going to fix that. So that <laughs> unlovable thing, you just got to find a person who will love you. Right. Right. So then the real reason you want a relationship is because I need someone to make me feel loved. Yeah. You're trying to fill a make hole. Me feel wanted to fill some empty spot that makes exactly. me feel alive, to make yes. me feel less bored or to yeah. just to be desired. That was my thing. I wanted to be desirable, right? I had an ex-wife get one, have sex with me. Right. I want someone to make me feel desirable. Right. Well, <laughs> so one of my sayings is life partners make lousy life sources. Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. We look for a person that's going to fix us. That's going right. to make us feel whole and complete. Right. Or person can't do it. Even if they wanted to, Yeah. they won't be able to, because they're just a human. Mm. Right. So we set up this dynamic where we're not okay and we have to fix that feeling. Mm. The only way we know how is, oh, either I'm going to do it with a relationship. Some people do it with career and money or yep. possessions or power or fame. Yep. hundred percent. Performance. There's all kinds of ways that you can try to make yourself feel okay to, yep. to feel, to fix the inadequacy, to fix the, I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me. Right. Yep. But in this conversation, in my job, People use relationships all the time. 100%. And it just leads to drama because these poor women in my life, they, they couldn't make me feel desirable. Yeah. I, she went to work or she had other things on her mind. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, we haven't had sex in two days, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? So this sets up this dynamic. So one of the pieces of work that we need to do is we need to find out what's the real reason I want a relationship. Right. Because as long as we have like a job description for someone, which is what your list is, right? You have a list of things you want in a partner. Yeah. That's because you're describing the person you need in order to fix that not okay feeling. 100%. It ain't going to work. Yeah. Right. So 
So this is your relationship to reality. Um, and the more you get in touch with that, you say, okay, so I feel undesirable. Mm. That's not her job. She can't do it. Mm. It'd be like trying to paint a house with a hammer. You're going to be frustrated, <laughs> disappointed. Hey, it's going to take you a long time. It's not going to work. Right. But the work is, well, how can I find my desirability from within, from yes. beingness? It's yes. all, I'm already desirable. It's, yes. It doesn't come from you. And so when I feel that, now I don't put pressure on you to have sex with me all the time, to, yeah. to respond to my text message right away, to mm. pay attention to this or to that, right? I don't, I'm less needy because I'm, I'm filled from the inside, Yes. right? And now I can relate, like you just said, as a whole being, like, I yeah. don't really need you. I don't have expectations. I don't have demands. You don't have to be a certain person. And now we're in a healthy zone. Yes. And of course, the more I'm that way, I attract women who are that way. Yes. Because even though I'm not a big fan of the law of attraction, because it gets misused in my mind. Yes, it bizarre, does. But it means like attracts like. Yeah. So if I'm sourcing from within and I'm on this path, I'm going to be attracted to people who are resonating with that same basic idea mm. and we're in business. But if I'm in my Roy the Rescuer persona, yeah. like attracts like, I'm going to attract the shape of the damsel in distress. It yep. just has to be that way. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And when you approach in a relationship from a healed perspective, it's not it's not like I need that other person, but I I want to be with that other person to enrich my relationship with myself and life with somebody else. Like we are social primates. We're we're programmed, we're evolved to to be in relationship with each other, to be in community. So yeah. there's a there's a fundamental need for us to connect and have intimacy and communication, but how we approach that is so so important. Yeah. Another quote from Michael Singer, okay? He said, "You know what a conscious relationship is? A healthy relationship it's where two people create an atmosphere where they are not trying to work on each other, but where they're working on themselves. Yes. Because we hold up the mirror for each other. Yeah. In a, We're in together to work on ourselves. Yes. We're not here to work on each other. Totally. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and that's that. what I was doing. I tried to get my wife to have sex and this and that. And she's trying to, do, yeah. you're all trying to change and fix and, you know, be the person I need you to be so I can feel okay. Yes. Right. So, yes. and we're both manipulated. That's codependence. And totally. we all do it. We all yeah. do it. it. The idea is can you see it? Can you wake up to it? Yeah. Because as long as you're doing that, you're going to be in drama. Yeah. But the minute you see it, you can opt out and you can explore the mystery of the journey of what does it mean to love and relate, mm. not from that perspective. Mm. And it's yes. exciting to go down that that path. Yes. So if, again, as somebody, I, I like to uh, make these podcasts as practical as possible so people mm -hmm. can learn actual tools to, to do this work. So if somebody's listening, they're like, okay, I want to do this work. I don't know where to begin. What are some tools and techniques that maybe you use with your clients that people could do right now? Well, first call me, call me. Right. <laughs> There's one practical step. Awesome. Um, here's what in the communication realm, I teach my clients something called the check-in, mm. right? One thing you notice when you're on a path of awakening that you spend most of your time living in the past or being in the future. Yeah. You're, you're never hardly ever here now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're never really in touch with your real inner truth. You're in your head somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So there's something called, uh, it's a presencing technique, just called the check-in. 
Okay. And it's answering the question, what's here now? Mm, yes, I love that. So it makes you kind of get out of the past and out of the future, like right in this very moment, what's going on inside of me? Mm. And there's only four things. You have body sensations. You have an emotional state. You're either calm, cool, and collected, or you're angry or sad or bored or lonely or mm-hmm. angry or scared or anxious or you know whatever. But yeah. So there's body sensations, emotions. You have a current thought stream. Like that voice in your head is saying something, usually about the emotion and why you feel that way. Yep. <laughs> I'm really angry right now because my boss is an idiot. Okay, that's that's what's going on inside of me. Yeah. I have, you know, there's heat intense in my jaw and I'm angry because my boss is an idiot and what I want is to be understood, which is the fourth thing. Right. You have wants. So in the present moment, if you want to be present, what that means is to be here now and to pay attention to body sensations, emotions, thoughts, and wants. Mm. That's what I call your inner truth. It's awesome. unarguable. If I tell you my feet are cold and I feel excitement to be here and I'm having the thought that I think I'm really helping some people, you know, and I, and I really want to have them follow up with me and see if we can work together. Mm. You can't argue that I'm not thinking that. You can't say, well, you don't have you're not excited, mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can't create drama when you say things that are unarguable. Right. Right. So learning to check in, to know what your truth is, mm. once you know it, then you can share it. Mm. People say, I want to be in an authentic relationship. Like I often ask people, do you want to be in a relationship that's characterized by openness and transparency and honesty and authenticity? Or do you want to be in one that's characterized by playing games and withholds and lies and mm. manipulation. Nobody has ever said they want that. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> right. But most of us, we don't know what it means to be authentic. Right. Are you willing to reveal your inner world? Are mm. you willing to, to be with someone and say, here's what's happening over here in Royville. Mm. When you did that, like I use an illustration in my book, you're on a date with someone 18 months ago, your husband cheated on you. Okay. And you went through a divorce. Okay. You just a lot of pain. Yeah. Now you're finally getting back out there and you met this guy and you're sitting on the table and you're at a nice little restaurant and this little hottie walks by the table and you see his eyes go right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Checking her out. All of a sudden you're triggered. Yes. Right. Your stomach goes in knots. There's maybe anger, maybe, maybe fear, maybe sadness. It might remind you of, but your, your body has sensations. The emotions come up. You have the thought, I can't trust him either. All men do these things. I think he's going to break my heart because the way, you know, you're having those thoughts mm. and you're wanting to bolt. Yeah. Right? You want to be an authentic person. You want to have an authentic relationship. Tell him what happened. Yeah. Without blame. Yeah. You look across the table and say, I noticed when you looked at her over here, I went nuts. Right. My whole body started to cramp up. It brought up all the emotions of my divorce. I started started to feel angry and sad Mm. and scared. I started having thoughts. I can't trust you. You're going to cheat on me too. Mm. And I just, I just want to run out this room. He can't argue with you. He can't say you don't feel that way. Yes. He might not like it. He might get, have his own reaction. He might get triggered by that. Oh, you're, oh, you're so high maintenance. Are you? Yeah. Whatever that you can't control. But if you are saying, I want to be an authentic person, I'm committed to being candid and to reveal 
I'm not blaming you. You didn't make me feel that way. I just, when you looked at her, that's what happened. It just yeah. kind of came up and I want you to know me. I'm naked. Yes. Here, you, yes. If you want to label me neurotic, go for it. I probably yeah. am. <laughs> we all are. If you want to, you know, whatever, whatever, if you can't handle it, then you can't handle me. It's yeah. just, but I want to be real with you. I want you to know me right yeah. now. Half the viewers right now are probably freaking out. Like, oh my God, I could never do that. Yeah. Well, I would just say, yeah, you could. Yeah. When you're grounded in being to the point where you don't mind if he gets up and scoffs at you and walks out that door, you're fine. Yeah. Because you love who you are. You're not embarrassed of any of your reactions or your baggage. And you're just not going to keep any secrets. You're just going to share it because I want to live naked. I don't want to play these games. Mm. I'm a, if you walk away, you walk away. I'll, I'll enjoy my glass of wine and maybe some other guy will sit down. Yes. And I'll just tell him what happened. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Right. So <sighs> that's a, learning the check in. Right. I tell my clients, practice as often as you can, as many times a day, drop in. In five seconds, you can do a check in. Yes. You know? Sensations, emotions, thoughts, want at a stoplight, walk into the bathroom. Yes. You can just be present with yourself get you out of the past and everything that happened and all the worries about the future. Come here now, drop in what's here. And the more you get to know that, then you're, you have something to share that's real mm. in a relationship. Yes. Oh, it's so powerful, Roy. I love it. I love it. Cultivating that relationship with yourself first, right? Yes. Really being, being, having the courage to be honest with yourself. You right. know, and then being, there. it starts there and then being able to communicate that to somebody else. And the more you can own it and take that responsibility, the more you feel empowered, even if there's still stuff you need to work on, you're taking, it, you're owning it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that feeling of power, empowerment and responsibility creates a, a vibrancy, a, a frequency around you that will attract somebody who's doing the same work. Right. And so the more you can show up in your power, the more that's what's going to be attracted rather than coming from fear or scarcity or lack because yeah. you're looking to fill holes and that will never work. Absolutely. Such, such incredibly powerful work, Roy Bianca Lana. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you might want to add here? Well, at the beginning, you mentioned my fitness test and I want to mention ah, right. that as a free gift. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's a little bit like, if you want to buy a house, right, you probably should check your credit rating <laughs> because if it's not good, no one's going to give you any money. Right. So you better raise the credit rating, then you can go get a loan. Right. So I often say, you know, that illustration of are you fit to be on the starting line? Are you are you relationally fit enough to go the distance? Mm. I think about if you go into a gym and you hire a personal trainer, if they're a good trainer and you say, here's my goal. I want to lose X number of pounds, or I want to get stronger or whatever it is. They're going to say, great, let's find out what we're starting with. Let yeah. me run you through some assessments to see where you're strong, where you're yeah. weak. Once I know where you are and I know where you want to get, I can put a program together and we'll get you there. Awesome. But we got to know where, what you're starting with. Yeah. So I thought like with our love lives, why don't we do that? <laughs> We know what we want. We want this healthy, conscious, sustainable relationship, right? Yeah, that yeah. functions at such a nice, beautiful, high, supportive level. What are we starting with? Yeah. What's your current relationship fitness level? Mm. How strong or weak are you? 
Okay. So I, I made this fitness test. This is a, it's 30 question, true, false. It takes you about three to five minutes to complete. Yeah. Your answers are completely confidential. I didn't know you took the test. I get notified when the test is taken, but I don't know who it is. Right. And I don't get the results, right. but you get them. And then you also get recommendations. So I don't, I don't help you understand what your fitness level is and then just leave you. No, yeah. it's like, okay, this is your level. Here are some recommendations on things you could do because I drop you into five different categories. Okay. You're either relationally ripped. Okay. <laughs> hardly anybody, hardly any, I, I, I'm not in that category. So hardly right. anybody ever gets that because you would never be taking the test if you were, you'd be Jesus right. and you wouldn't bother right. with such things. So okay. <laughs> you're either ripped or you're skinny fat, right? Okay. So you look pretty good, but you got some issues right. or you're overweight or you're unhealthy or you're in the last category, which I want to say this to you. I wrote the test, but I took my own test and so did my wife, but we took it putting ourselves in the mentality that we had before we worked with our respective coaches and therapists. Mm. Like back when I was in my junk with my ex-wife and my right. ex-fiance and I came out the lowest area dangerously out of shape. Oh, wow. Of course I was. Look yeah. at my love life. I mean, if it said I was doing great, what kind of test is this? Yeah. Right. So most people are going to get results that aren't that good Yeah. because you're not finished. You're not, you're not Jesus. You're not Buddha. You're not an enlightened <laughs> being most likely. So you probably need some areas where you got to get stronger. So don't be insulted or don't be surprised if you get results back that you got to get in better shape. Yes. You need some work to do. Right. So you got some baggage. You got to learn how to communicate. You know how we haven't talked about your relationship to your feelings. Mm. We haven't talked about your relationship to your inner energy, your masculine, feminine energy. We haven't talked about your relationship to love itself. Mm. A lot of us grow up in families where we have these warped views about what love and intimacy is because our parents were so messed up. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, totally. we witness power issues and submission issues or control, smothering. So yeah. we have all these these stories from our childhood that that's what it means to be in intimate relationship. I don't want any part of that. Right. Mm. So, so on my website, coachingwithroy.com, and you'll probably have a link somewhere Absolutely. on your show notes. Um, you can take the test and get your results. You get your recommendations and it's just a, it, it's, I just can't imagine not wanting to know. Now my yeah. test is not infallible. It's not like gospel truth. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's going to give you a pretty good indication about yes. where you are. And at least it might give you a little kick in the butt to say, I got to work on me Yeah, because most of us do think, no, I just haven't met the right person yet. Right. No, that ain't it. Yeah. And <laughs> You're the more, not the right person yet. You, yeah, you got exactly. right. Yeah. And so the test can give you a little, uh, to get you out of the blame game and into, uh, maybe I got to do something here yes. on my end and yes. then we can and go from there. And that work honestly can be uncomfortable and painful sometimes. That's why a lot of people don't do it. But I just want to remind the viewers the more that, yeah, the same with the gym, the more that you can lean into that discomfort, the more you will heal, the more you will become whole, the more conscious a relationship you'll be able to have because you're cultivating a good relationship with yourself. And yeah. that's, that's where it all comes down to yeah. Roy Biancolana. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight and your humor. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I just have one last question. I love to ask my, my guest. It's if you were to take all of your experiences, all the knowledge and the wisdom gained and distill it down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? 
what would that be? Well, for me, it would be something along the lines of notice how you're expecting people, circumstances, and conditions to make you happy mm. rather than finding that it's already there within you. Mm. Like you're, you're wanting the world to be a certain way so that you can feel okay. Mm. And yes. just recognize that that's what you're doing. Yes. And it doesn't work. It, hasn't worked <laughs> it for does anybody, not work. <laughs> right. So just seeing that puts you on a whole different path because now I'm not going to put so much energy in and try to control and make people do things and get life a certain way and make sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to just be working all the plates spinning. And that it's like, it puts me on a whole different track about what's here. What's yes. here now? How yes. is life already whole and complete as it is? How is the, the race already over? Yes. Right? It's, there's, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing you need to be. There's no partner that you need to be who you already are. Mm. You know, that, that's probably what I, that's what I'm still trying to open up to. Amazing. <laughs> <my own life. laughs> so powerful. That was incredible. Roy, Bianca, Lana, thank you so much. This has been super fun. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank I you. I will put all of those links in the show notes for everybody. Please reach out to Roy. Super powerful work that you're doing in the world. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you real soon, man. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Cheers. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. And if you're ready to make massive changes in your life and looking for the support and accountability to make it happen, I'm currently accepting applications for my private one-to-one -one coaching. You can send an email to patrick at patrickcookcoaching.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, life is now. Live your being.